the hype train is and we're like oh my god this is terrible we're uh, so good can we just stop that crap Ireland could win the World Cup let's be honest oh Shane I could no why are we so afraid no. of this OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app off the ball daily now welcome along Brian O'Driscoll with us in studio talking all things Six Nations that is on the way half past seven Dan McDonnell with us on a Champions League evening PSG against Bayern AC Milan against Spurs on the menu tonight uh, just after nine o'clock and a slight tangent coming at you as well 53106 the text number we are at off the ball on Twitter happy Valentine's all Mick McCarthy here in studio Hello. Happy Valentine's Day to you as well, John. Anne-Marie, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I didn't realise it was Valentine's Day when I agreed to work late. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I didn't really have any plans, so it's all good. (laughs) Hey, listen, who does make plans on Valentine's Day, really? It's to be ignored, I think, regardless of your situation, no? I always thought as a child... Ignored fully. Did you well, not, not do fully. a card? No, it would be a bit of that. Did you, surely you got now flowers for your, your... No flowers. I always thought as a child, by the way, you, in school, the way... this in, in school, the way they would make you make a Valentine's Day for your mum was kind of... Even as a kid, I thought, but that's not what Valentine's Day is for. Yeah? Even now, I understood it was a, like a romantic uh, holiday. So did as you refuse? No, I'm sure I wrote mum, happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. Love, Joe, etc. I, I mean, just always think of the Simpsons. <laughs> I wouldn't have had the I wouldn't have had the word inappropriate in my vernacular, but I would have thought this is strange. Ralph Wiggum. Ralph, I choo choo choose you. Yeah, iconic. For to Lisa. No, Lisa gave it to Ralph. Oh, Lisa gave it to Ralph. Isn't but that it? His heart breaks, though, isn't that? Yeah, the, you can see pinpoint the exact moment that his heart breaks. But you see, he takes it as a sign that Lisa is interested in him. Okay. Yeah. Is the Simpsons still going? Apparently so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still Couldn't tell you the last time I sat no. down and watched an episode. Even the old ones. It crashed after, what series was it? About 10 or 11. 10 or 11, say, yeah. everyone yeah. says, just give up there, give yeah. Up. Even around the time the movie came out. Oh, yeah, it, it was, was well past it, it by then. It was done. So we have a busy evening. Brian O'Driscoll in studio uh, from half past seven. A slight tangent. The people wanted it, Joe. Did they? You went away for a few weeks. We didn't want to do it without you. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't have Thank time you. last week. And uh, <laughs> So here we are. Here we are. The people have spoken. We're live between 8 and 9. Whatever you want to discuss, we'll uh, get to it between 8 and 9. Lots of emails in as well. And uh, then Dan in after uh, 9 for the football show. PSG Bayern, AC Milan Spurs, which is where we're starting on the news round, which is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. So uh, Spurs against AC Milan. Yes, there is Champions League action tonight. Two games. Antonio Conte back in Italy to take on AC Milan with Tottenham in the first leg of their last 16 tie. Spurs suffered a huge blow yesterday with midfielder Ben Tanker ruled out for the next six months with a knee issue that he picked up in their 4-1 Premier League loss to Leicester City on Saturday. Conte does have a very good record against AC. He's won 10 of the 14 games he's played against them as a manager and only lost the once kickoff at the San Siro tonight is at 8 o'clock at the same time PSG host Bayern Munich Yes I think Messi has been very much patched up for that game against Munich updates across the evening I think Italian football now I just think Liam Brady I think much of the country is in that headspace <laughs> Much of Italy Yeah What did I say? No no, no much of the country I'm just joking uh, Yeah I I um I'm about to watch a half an hour of it, Joe, I'll have to be honest, I didn't see it. I've seen clips though, but uh, I haven't seen so much universal acclaim 
for a, uh, a, a piece of Irish history, I suppose. I, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but I feel that there was an appetite there for something on Brady because we've just seen the TV guy for so, so long now. And I think people needed to be reminded of Liam Brady, one of Ireland's greatest ever players, if not Ireland's greatest ever player. Yeah. Uh, and that side of him and that history. And then apparently, on this part I haven't seen, the the more kind of joyous side of the man himself. Yeah, they did, uh, I think, what they could only do in this documentary, which is accept early on that the career is too vast to do justice to the Arsenal head of academy days and the TV career. And so they just focused in on his years abroad, particularly in Italy. Man, it just looks like he had a great time. Yeah. You know? Uh, I saw someone on Twitter, you know, amidst all the, the love for the documentary, say that their wife is Italian and, and she was remarking that he speaks perfect Italian as mm. well. It's not pidgin Italian. It's very, very good Italian. I guess he was there seven years. And there's some obviously beautiful footage of a beautiful player. Uh, I guess the high point for a lot of people would be when he goes to catch up with Tardelli. And I didn't realise they were such good friends. Yeah. At one point, Brady says, as everyone knows, we're like, brothers practically and so they're reminiscing and, and that's really nice and because he wasn't at any one club all that long no so it's incredible that he actually made such kind of good no, friends I think the most he was anywhere was two years at two of the clubs so the yeah. fact that he made such life change, life altering sort friendships. of like friendships yeah, and relationships catches yeah. up with quite a few of the former teammates and they really do love him and talk about what a great guy he is and beautiful footballer and Tardelli has this lovely line that you know he was I can't, I can't remember if he said frustrating or an enigma or, or, or tricky to play against. Anyway, he was saying that it never looked like he was moving particularly fast with the ball. He never you know, looked fast and yet couldn't get near him because he beat you with a feint and he was so in control. So he was frustrating in that way. He played in his, at, his, at his own unique tempo mm. and that kind of captured the footage you saw because Brady never sprinted by anyone, but he sure as hell glided by people and that was great. I thought the... Um, and I'd say that I wouldn't think it was overly planned, but he goes back to the Juventus training ground as part of the documentary and ends up having a sit down with uh, Wojciech Chesney, goalkeeper now for Juventus. And they're just having a cup of coffee chatting and he starts talking to Brady, reminiscing about Arsenal. And he says, you were scary, though. <laughs> you were the scary one. You know, Steve Bold was the coach and all the other coaches, but everyone was afraid of you. And Brady sort of half says, oh, isn't shocked, but is a twitch, you know, surprised at it. And he's, yeah, yeah, you were cold. You were really cold. <laughs> it just keeps going. Yeah. But then redeems it beautifully at the end with, uh, but I'll never forget, you used to give me 20 quid every month phone credit so I could call home. Mm. And Brady's like, oh, shush, you, yeah. you shouldn't reveal that. And Chesney's like, I know I never paid tax on it. Uh-huh. Um, and Chesney says, I never forgot that, though. That meant a lot. So it was wow. one of those nice, there's lots of nice moments in it. There, like, there are definitely moments where Tardelli and Brady and they're just slagging each other you know and but they just high five a few times yeah. during the interview at Tardelli's house so you know if you're if you're a sucker for passage of time and you know life is short and especially when you break it down into different periods of your life yeah. you know it, it's very wistful I, I don't mean to sound simplistic or in some ways even stupid but there is there's something nice and I found that in the, the record shop clip that I saw and I saw a couple of clips were much the same of kind of reminding you that people that you see in your head as older were 
<laughs> not always that so way. And just and, and you know, so and young, you yeah. know, he's talking about all his Bob Dylan records, and I did, you know, there's the time when he, you know, when he's when he's singing, you know, the Beatles and, and stuff, and getting emotional about it, that you, and talking about wanting to be a rock star and this is the Pink Floyd, and you're like, it's hard to ever imagine Liam Brady because I've only ever seen him in the old days clips of playing football that's almost like a different person yeah the person that you got to know was the person you saw on television mm. you know and it's almost hard to imagine him ever being that age you know well you know i mean pat nevin obviously yeah we all regard as yeah god wow in his heyday what a cool dude like mm. brady talked about being at arsenal and young and uh, get a few quid in your pocket and he said i could buy records every week he said i didn't read newspapers i read nme that was my bible and he said, I saw Dylan a bunch of times. There was a venue in London that had lots of great acts. So, you know, suddenly you see Brady with the long hair, cool gear. He's going to see Dylan and several others of that ilk. And then he's like mercurial for Arsenal. And you're like, oh, my God, he really had a moment in yeah. London. I wonder if him and Nevin cross paths, you know, I must uh, must ask Pat next time yeah. if their ears overlap. But it was lovely. It was lovely. And you came away even just on the basis of the two to three minutes of the Chesney conversation thinking, oh, well, you'd love a part two on Arsenal head of academy years, you know, yeah. uh, all of that. Lots of people loved it. The Brady doc was class. Why don't we have more of these wonders, Lisa in Dublin? Because I don't think there's that many characters that we could do it with that would hold that same weight. Yeah, you don't want to filter it down. Mm. Or that intrigue yeah. as well, yeah. Mm. Also, I'd imagine production-wise, they're pretty difficult mm. and expensive. Yeah, yeah. He held it a lot with his interviews, I guess. I, like, I'd say this could have been filmed across a week, you know, a, a few days here, a few days there. But mm. uh, I get like there's one point where he's gone through the Juve team and obviously they win the league twice and everything. And he's like, him, him, him. Yeah, they all won the 82 World Cup. So it's just great to be in a team that good. You know? <laughs> so he's of that level. He's of that level. How do we get on to that? Yes, Conte, Italy, Italian football. We'll keep you updated on Champions League across I, the evening. The Champions League has come back out of nowhere, I have to say. I don't know if this always happens, but like it's we watched Merseyside Derby last night and then suddenly the next night it's Champions League knockout stage is the yeah. best time of the football year. Think it's, it's just upon us. I think it often blossoms like round two of Six Nations, Valentine's week is when we it's go into sixth gear. in between two big Premier League fixtures this week as well. Yeah as in Liverpool, Everton last night and yeah. City, Arsenal tomorrow. And it's competing with it tomorrow. It kind of feels yeah. a bit, little bit irrelevant tonight almost. Yeah, and e well, even more so tomorrow. Yeah. I presume everyone watches City, Arsenal tomorrow. Over Chelsea, is it? If it's Chelsea, Dortmund, then yeah. I think so, yeah. I'm not sure, actually. Because, uh, because the Champions League has hit me out of nowhere and I'm not prepared for it at all. This, um, Anne-Marie, it's your next story. UEFA reporting to what happened in the Stade de France. Uh, some of the phrases in it jump out. This could have been, you know, as, as horrific as uh, even the most negative um, descriptions of that night would tell you. Yeah, Liverpool have called upon UEFA to fully enact all recommendations to improved spectator safety following the chaos at last year's Champions League final in Paris. An independent report has found failings by European football's governing body and French authorities almost led to a mass fatality catastrophe before the game with Real Madrid. Meanwhile, organisers of next year's Summer Olympics say they've received assurances that those recommendations will be implemented at venues in time for the games in Paris. The recommendations will also be applied during the Rugby World Cup in France later this year. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a little bit more detail on the football show with Dan after nine. Meanwhile, Guardiola. 
Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola has apologised to Steven Gerrard after referencing his slip against Chelsea. He mentioned the former Liverpool captain's error, which happened during the 2014 title race that City then went on to win while defending the club against financial allegations last week. Guardiola says he's ashamed to have brought Gerrard into the debate. He went out of his way ahead of his press conference today to say this. I apologise to Stephen Gerrard for my unnecessary and stupid comments I said the last time about uh, him. He knows how I admire him and his career, what he has done for for this country that I am living in a training session. I am training, I am a shape of myself, what I said because he doesn't deserve it. I truly believe my, my comments, what I said. Uh, in my previous conference about I defend my club but uh, I didn't represent my club well uh, putting his name in these stupid comments so I apologize I said to him personally but like I comment publicly I have to do it here as well so I'm so sorry for him from Alex his wife kids family because uh, it was stupid Well, I, I think maybe Pep Guardiola has other things to be possibly ashamed about or possibly apologise about or possibly be a little bit less. Like, he brought up Steven Gerrard slipping. It wasn't the end of the world. I mean, this, that's an over-the-top reaction. He, he apologised to his wife and kids. It yeah. screamed to me that City told him to apologise. Uh, I don't like know. Like, the I way he stopped the press conference before it began and said, I have this to say. No, I, I have to say, I think you're both being harsh. I think... I think he's an attention seeker, Joe. And I think that he got attention for that and now it's like, let's get the other side of it today and make a big deal of this crying in the press conference because he said Stephen Gerrard's name in a throwaway comment. I wish Gerrard was still in management to get a reaction out of him. I, I, funny, that's so strange. I mean, isn't it interesting? We all interpret things differently. I thought it was incredibly sincere. Did you think, think the initial comment, though, was that bad? Yeah, I... <laughs> I think he used the word needless and I think it was a needless thing to bring up and it's a, you know, it's a, it doesn't upset us overly but it's like the most traumatic moment of Stephen Gerrard's career and I'd say Pep on reflection thought, well, geez, I'm trying to claim the moral high ground here. Why did I have a dig at Stephen Gerrard? Yeah, and so fair. I think he reflected on it and I'd say he did reach out to him personally and said, I'm so sorry, like, it was stupid of me to bring it up and I mean, ashamed. It's a he- shame is a heavy emotion to carry around. He should cut himself some slack. Um, I thought it was very sincere and you're like, ah, Attention seeking. I've grown tired of Pep Guardiola's, uh, I don't know, his shtick okay. at this stage, I have to say. And I think there is a pattern to it at this stage. So mm. that's me personally. Uh, it's interesting there's different non Manchester City fan opinions out there. Yeah. Uh, lads, happy Valentine's to you too, says Kev. Uh, Brady documentary, Simply Beautiful, the opening scene of him singing to John Lennon in the car. I just thought, who is this guy? Um, somebody else says the doc should have been a two-parter. The Jack Charlton letter had me tearing up, anonymous. Yes, you two wouldn't have seen that part. I won't hit you with the no. spoiler. It's the finale to the documentary and it's uh, lovely. Mm. Really nice. It's a letter that Jack Charlton wrote to Liam Brady. Uh, worth watching the documentary for that moment alone. Uh, so we'll leave Pep Guardiola and move on to Munster Rugby.
They've confirmed that Malachi Fekatoa will depart at the end of the season after just one year at the province. So far this campaign, he's made 11 Munster appearances, including nine starts playing at inside centre and outside centre. The 30-year-old Tonga native made his Champions Cup debut for the Southern Province against Toulouse last month. Meanwhile, Connachts are set to announce details of next season's coaching ticket imminently, according to Andy Friend. He's set to leave his director of rugby role at the sports ground at the end of the season for his native Australia. Former defence coach Peter Wilkins has been head coach since the start of the season. Speaking ahead of their URC game with Zebra this week, Friend said that hopefully the announcement will be made this week or early next week. Okay, we are pretty much done short and sweet this evening. Anne-Marie, thank you very much. Thanks, Joe. Michael, I will see you back for a slight tangent. Soft, thank you.